0: We really uh, hope to, to put hope in reach of, of addicts everywhere So, and these families that are looking for care. Um, uh, we know that Christ is the hope. We know that uh, there is transformation. We know it's possible and all the families that are, that are listening today that are hopeless, let me tell you, there is hope.
1: Jean Kilborn once wrote, addiction begins with the hope that something out there can instantly fill up the emptiness inside. Today, guest speaker and director of Global Teen Challenge, Jerry Nance, joins us to talk about a hope that we can take hold of that frees us from our worst addictions. If you or someone you love is wrestling with addiction, depression, or hopelessness, check out David Wilkerson's book, Have You Felt Like Giving Up Lately? It's available now as a free online audiobook on our website, worldchallenge.org. Before we join our guest and host, we want you to know that we would not be able to create these resources without generous listeners like you. Please consider donating to power the mission and make world challenge resources like this devotional and podcast possible. Now here's our host, Gary Wilkerson.
2: Well, uh, welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. I'm Gary Wilkerson, and I'm here with a good friend and a great man of God who is ministering in ways that impact the world. You're going to be excited to hear uh, what God's doing through your life. Jerry, welcome. Glad you're here on our podcast. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry Jerry is the director of uh, Global Teen Challenge. Uh, Jerry, we have this in common. We both uh, have worked for my father, David Wilkerson, before, and uh, what we don't have in common is that I was actually born by him, and (laughs) you weren't, but we we are brothers in Christ. And uh, uh, Jerry has been... um, uh, working originally with World Challenge, where you worked for my father for many years, uh, helping him do his Dave Wilkerson Crusades, and then now have uh, taken on your role at Global Teen Challenge. So uh, thanks, Jerry, for coming along today. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Global Teen Challenge. What is this as an organization?
0: Okay. Uh, Global Teen Challenge, we partner with Teen Challenge centers all over the world to provide training and, and really developing the leadership teams as well as uh, launching new teen challenge programs in countries where uh, there are no programs faith-based programs for really serving the addicted population as well as just really investing in curriculum development and translation of curriculum so we really are doing a broad, broad uh, amount of work just in every uh, Teen Challenge Center in the yeah, world.
2: Yeah. You you were uh, kind enough to speak to our staff uh, this morning. You asked a question, how many of you have uh, family members or friends who are addicted how, what would you say, 80% of the people raise their hands? And right. Is that right. is that normal wherever you go? If you were to ask that question, would you say?
0: Uh, at least 75% of every crowd, if I'm ever in a church or in a, in a business setting where I'm speaking to even business communities, uh, do you have a loved one? addicted to drugs or alcohol, loved one or friend, they'll all say yes, because it it is a, an enormous issue, uh, not just across America, but truly all over the world.
2: Yeah, and the, being that you head up a one of the most effective in, in, and impactive uh, programs for those on addiction, you probably have a pretty good knowledge of the vast uh Breath of addiction around the world today. Do you well,
0: absolutely, Gary. Yeah, there's uh, the United Nations. They do continual studies on on the kind of a the uh, population of addicts, and the the numbers always are in the realm of. 270 to 280 million drug abusers uh, globally. And, and the truth of it is, when you think about that, that's not even half likely the number because yeah. a lot of your shame-based culture countries, they're just not going to report like a pa- mm-hmm. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq. They're not going to tell you the truth about the addiction there, but one in every four adult men in Pakistan are using heroin, and, and, and most all of them addicted. So one in every four men. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at that need, and then in Afghanistan, the, the use of, of – uh, and even in the wars where they're they're keeping the soldiers – stoned on heroin and drugs so that they'll go and do some of the stuff they're doing. Mm. It's an enormous problem in, in some of the Asian countries of the world, but they won't even talk about it. But mm. I mean, like for the price of a boiled egg, you can get heroin in, in parts of China. Mm. So I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. And India is, you know, uh, just we believe uh, approximately 20% of all drug addicts on the face of the earth are in India. Mm. So heroin is everywhere, and uh, they tend to smoke it. They don't tend to use it intravenously, but I've seen parks. One evening we were on the border of uh, Mumbai or Bombay, and we we just he, they, they took us there, the director took us there, and he said, just wait, and it was like dusk dark. And there were at least 4,000 mm. drug addicts just coming to crash and sleep in the park because they're living in the streets, they're homeless, And they're helpless. And I mean, it just grabs your heart to Mm -hmm. say that this issue, drug addiction, is grabbing and destroying lives, destroying families Mm -hmm. and uh, and the breakup of the home. So often today in America, it's it's drug related. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. sometimes you don't think of that. You think one in four in Pakistan, for instance, uh, being on heroin, but, you know, that's one out of four families. Being destroyed, one out of four moms cry themselves to sleep at night, wondering where their little boy is uh, on, on the streets, and it's a uh, so so the the ripple effect of addictions are are, are, are much wider than we, we even know, and, it, and in right. America is it. Uh, uh, Would you say it's uh, less of a problem than in some other countries?
0: (laughs) No, I wouldn't. There's 22 million, uh, according to government studies, 22 Mm. million Americans. So you consider our population of over 300 million, that's still a significant amount of people that are hurting. And when you think of this opiate epidemic, that has just flooded across America. You can, you can fault the, the medical companies, the pharmaceutical companies. They really did push pain control and these pain clinics that have gone across America. You know, people were very innocently, uh, they were playing tennis and hurt their elbow or yeah. tore their knee playing football. They go in and get, uh, I mean, a large supply of, of uh, Oxycontin, Oxycodone, they start taking it and then they run out of pills. Well, if they start over-medicating themselves because of their pain, that is highly addictive. And the next thing you know, they're looking for it. And so now the, the, the crash down uh, and the clamp down on the prescriptions, mm-hmm. they're going to heroin. And they're yeah. finding it in the streets. It's coming out of Mexico. It's coming from other parts of the world. And it's, it's uh, devastating. And, and these are just solid people that are now devastated. Their families... And you know, Gary, I think one of the greatest challenges is this word shame.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you don't want to tell anybody yeah. that my son, who was an A student, was a football player, a tennis star, is now a heroin addict and mm-hmm. doing things you never, they're robbing, they're they're breaking into people's houses, they're prostituting themselves to get these drugs and they're embarrassed and so they hide and so we really uh, hope to, to put hope in reach of mm-hmm. of addicts everywhere. So, and these families that are looking for care, um, mm-hmm. uh, we know that Christ is the hope. Yeah. We know that uh, there is transformation. We know it's possible. And all the families that are that are listening today that are hopeless, yeah. let me tell you, <laughs> there is hope.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And we see it all the time. But but America's uh, really struggling.
2: Yeah, I definitely want to talk just a little bit, come back to that, talking about how somebody's listening today needs hope for themselves or their family. Uh, but just, I just kind of want to keep looking at the broad, the stroke of this is, you know, how it's impacting, uh, particularly in America here. So you're, what you're saying is, is some of the... Uh, Prescription drugs are a little harder to get now, so people mm-hmm. are turning to street drugs. It's yes. probably making and and that puts them in a whole different kind of culture then, too because right. you're, now you're going to a drug dealer, uh, you're owing people money. Uh, so 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 the problems are intensifying then in, in, in some ways. Would that be right?
0: Oh, absolutely. And and Gary, that's that. Those are the students coming into the doors of Teen Challenge. They're mm-hmm. getting so desperate. Um, the criminal activity that, that results from that, they get arrested, now they're they're getting criminal records, and they the judges are giving them choices, either go to prison or go to uh, uh, drug programs, yeah. and Teen Challenge is one of those that, that they'll choose and select to yeah. be with us. A so, uh, large percentage of our adult men, I'd say 10, 15% are coming through court referrals hmm. into right. the program. That's a
2: lot. That's
0: yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah lot. It, is. it
2: is. Uh, tell us a little bit about Teen Challenge. Um, I kind of already know the story a little bit, how it started, but uh, yeah. I'd love to hear from your perspective. <laughs> I, I kind of tell the story of, uh, as, as, as I know it from uh, the early days. But uh, Teen yeah. Challenge started. It
0: started, you know, and, you know uh, the David Wilkerson, your dad, uh, was pastoring at the time, and you weren't even born, right. and uh, was reading uh, in his prayer time, read a Life magazine, February 28, 1958. If you looked, uh, look at that 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 uh, magazine we have several of them in our office that we keep uh, keep them around and uh, because that was the starting point when he's read the story of seven boys on trial for murder in new york city and uh, god just touched his heart and said to him um, go help those boys and 19 days later hmm. he was standing in new york city had never been to new york city had and didn't have a clue of really what the real issues were but god burdened his heart to go help those boys. And he made an attempt to really reach those seven boys, but that really never did happen. But while he was going into the neighborhoods, God gave him access to these gang members and favor Mm -hmm. with the gang members and and, um, just began to open doors to to really minister to them. But he found out there was one thing that that he didn't even know about until he got in there was that they were using heroin. You got to picture the United States in 1958. And think about heroin is now in the streets, and kids are, are living together in burned-out buildings. Well, the the moral culture was totally different then. But to think about them destroying their lives on these drugs, and your dad just decided, um, you know, felt God wanting him to help those uh, addicts, and and that's when, uh, you know, in like 1960, he created the very first residential program mm-hmm. so that students could uh, find care and find hope and freedom from addiction, because I think early on they were putting them in people's homes, uh, these addicts trying to get off of drugs, and it was fine in some cases, but in other cases they might steal your TV and and, and head out. And that's very typical if they're still struggling with addiction. But your dad started with that heart and that compassion to help the hurting. And I think that that spirit, you know, when you talk about cultures. That culture of care, that culture of reaching out to the hopeless, is still a very much a part of this culture of Teen Challenge today, sixty years later. And and uh, and it was that heart, that that commitment to prayer, that birth birth the ministry. And, and truly, that's what we're doing all over the world is going into communities where there's enormous needs. And I mean, I've been in Cambodia, I've been in Vietnam, I've been in Russia, Siberia, no matter where you're at, sir, uh, you know, uh, uh, just Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic, Slovakia, all these countries, there's addiction everywhere. And so, Teen Challenge being there provides hope. And it's men and women. Who caught your father's vision that said that that's the right thing to do and right. and they went out because really it organically grew from one center in brooklyn new york folks in california then detroit mm-hmm. and and then other cities, and, and then it went to The Hague, Netherlands. And they just celebrated this past summer their 50th anniversary, right. yeah. <laughs> and it was incredible. And, and there, were, there were over 600 leaders from all over the world that were there for that 50th anniversary. And right. and, uh, and so you realize the, the culture, and then from, from Europe it went over into Asia and then Africa. And hmm. today Teen Challenge in Africa is just exploding but but it happened mm-hmm. because of one man mm-hmm. being faithful to hear from God and then to act out and to step out into what he felt God asked him yeah. to do and so
2: and now uh, how many how many uh, centers and how many nations are there now
0: we have um, over 1500 teen <laughs> challenge programs in 125 nations of the world mm-hmm. and and global teen challenge is cur- currently working in 10 Uh, new countries now, uh, Bangladesh, uh, places like uh, Indonesia, to be able to go in and and work in some of these countries too, to put hope and reach of addicts in those communities. And it's it's an incredible opportunity, but an incredible need. And we realize we won't put everybody in a bed. So we're really working on new, innovative ways to try to reach addicts and provide care and to give them a chance to get out of that addiction.
2: Uh, I, I like that. That's a, uh, you know, the, the vision. Um, when you spe- speak of putting hope within reach of every addict, uh, tell us a little bit about how that did, did you did you come up with that? that yeah, that, that Lord gave yeah. You that, that vision was, and How yeah. that happened and what's what's the impact of that?
0: Well, I was in prayer and and reading the book of Luke and and reading chapter five of Luke and and just when Jesus asked Peter to get into the boat and he said launch out into the deep and let down your nets into the deep, they caught an enormous amount of fish and. And I was just pondering that in the, in the in my prayer time, and and God just began to speak to me. You know, Jesus changed their methodology that day of how they fished because they always fished at night. If you read the story there in Luke five, Peter had said, "Look, Master, we fished all night." He was basically exhausted, and they were cleaning their nets. And you know, if you don't want to re-clean your nets if you you know you're not going to catch any fish in the daytime. Was in his mind, but they caught such a a catch, and and Jesus changed their methodology, and they caught more fish and the Holy Spirit just said Jerry if you want to reach more addicts you're going to have to change your methodology because Teen Challenge historic nature of our organization is 12 month residential care coming to the program, stop whatever you're doing and come in and be with us and we'll disciple you, we'll help you, we'll help you restore your relationship with your family and and with God and yourself, forgive yourself and get over some of these things and really bring restoration to your life. But that won't work for 270 million and and beyond. So we realized we really need to look at new strategies and new ways. And, you know, Gary, I think when it, what for your listeners' sake, just let me just tell you a couple of stories. Lada, mm-hmm. a little girl from the Czech Republic, her father was an abusive alcoholic. And Lada and her little sister would come home from school and look and peek through the windows of her house to say, is Dad in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. Is he in the bedroom? Is he at work? Where is he today? And would not even go into the house if he was in that room and mm-hmm. and 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 so they would sneak in if he was there they try to sneak through windows or whatever to their bedrooms mm-hmm. because when he when he was drunk he was horribly mean and Lotta lot of said at night he would he would uh pick us up and put us on the kitchen table and scream and yell at us all night long for mm-hmm. like hours mm-hmm. for her and her sister and, and just that verbal abuse from someone that's scary He was angry, yelling, and slamming the table, and it was everything about grades and good enough and couldn't. And so her self-esteem as a child was just destroyed. And So at 11 years old, she made a choice, I'm not living here anymore. I mean, who wants an 11-year-old child to be forced to make that kind of a decision? So she chooses to go into the streets. Well, what do you do in the Czech Republic at 11 years old to survive? She started prostituting, and of course, you you know, plenty of people out there to take advantage of her, and somebody began to hey, you can stay here, but you're going to work for me. And yeah. this was 17 years of that kind of life. Lung problems from standing in the cold weather, prostituting, and uh, we there we even have video footage of her standing on a uh, in a subway station where she's stoned on heroin so bad she's nodding, just nodding, standing over the edge of the rails. People everywhere watching her. Nobody did a thing. And she finally falls into the tracks. And, I mean, milliseconds later, this train runs right over top of her. But miraculously, God protects her. She was right smack between the middle of it. The train runs over her. And and you're watching this. And nobody did anything to try to, to help right. her until the train. And then now they're wondering, is she dead? They went down there and there she comes, just uh, still stoned out of her head. And she said, about three weeks later, I, was, I came out of another trip to the emergency room. I had my, the clothes on my back and I was sitting on a, on a park bench with a hos, another hospital bill I couldn't pay. Hmm. And she said, I saw that bus over there with these lights. And it was a teen challenge bus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start crying here because yeah, yeah. I know Lotta, and she's yeah. a wonderful lady. She she went over, then she said, uh, "I'm going home with you tonight." And they said, "No, no, you got to stop paperwork. You got to do the process." Yeah, yeah. And she said, "No, no, you don't understand. I'm going home with you yeah. tonight." They they felt okay, so they took her home god radically saved her life Mm. at teen challenge of course we've heard more and more times she should be dead fell out fell into an open elevator shaft from the fourth floor hit the bottom she was robbing somebody's apartment Mm. i mean horrible life found jesus today she's a staff member of the program Mm. she's leading other young ladies to christ and and uh, I was just with her, I paid her way to be able to get to go to the Europe conference because I wanted her to be able to be there for the 50th anniversary and God transformed her life from hopelessness to hope and now she's engaged to be married and I'm like a grandfather that feels so proud that this little girl through Teen Challenge could, wow. could find life and find hope.
2: That's amazing. Wow.
1: Our God can overcome the strongest addiction and redeem the darkest past. For those in the group of addiction, He offers them a way to heal and live fully again. He can fill the emptiness inside each one of our hearts, and His mercy is new every day. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound designed for this episode by Michael Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schmitz. Our producer is Chris Wigginton, with video production by Aaron Gale. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting. Well, we hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast for more encouragement in your Christian walk. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.